Good evening, social media fan. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you out Saturday Night Message. This is Minister Eric coming to you once again with the message and word from the Lord. We're excited that you have decided to listen to us this evening. And we just want to bring the word of God to you every week. And we pray that we've been a blessing to you. Tonight, we're going to start a, a new series. I want, it's a subject I want to talk about. And I want to talk about finishing well, um, avoiding a life of compromise, finishing well, avoiding a life of compromise. And so this week I heard a message about, uh, are you ready for Jesus' return? Are you ready for Jesus' return? And reason, good question because it's if you are saved, thank God that you're safe. You know, if you're not saved, we pray that you, through hearing these messages, you will come to know Jesus Christ. But if you're saved, we we thank God that you're here. But a life of salvation is more than just receiving salvation and going to heaven. The, the the subject is finishing well. Are you finishing well? And when we talk about are you ready for the return of Jesus? Because we see signs today that Jesus is on the return. And I know some of you saying, well, you know what? Uh, you've heard it before. We've said it uh, years and years. You heard it when Jesus is soon to come back. But now we see signs. The Bible talks about when we see things happen more frequently and with more intensity. And one of the things we see nowadays is one of the things, the signs the Bible talks about is pestilence, which means disease in the land. And we know we've just dealt with COVID and it's still talking about, it's still here. And we know that the Bible talking about pestilence, which means that we see things more frequent and more intensity than it says, you know, that the coming of Jesus is near. So my, but my question to you tonight is, how you finish this race? Because the Bible said we've been given a race to run. We've been given this race to run. So are you finished? Like, you know how it, when we finish a race, whenever, if I ran track, and so if you've ever ran track or any competing, how did you finish your race? You just didn't just didn't want to finish. You wanted to finish well. I know it's important that you finish, but how, how did you finish the race? Okay. Did you finish well? Did you finish strong? Was it your best? And so we see here, that's what I want to deal with. And so one of the things that can avoid us from finishing well is a life of compromise. Have you compromised the things of God in this world that we there is a temptation to compromise them, God, to uh, be influenced by the things of the world? And though you're saved, you're on your way to heaven, but have you compromised in God? Have you adapted the world's way of thinking versus God? Have you changed your mind about what the Bible says versus what the world says in order to, as we would say, politically correct or fit in? And so that's what we want to deal with for a few weeks now about finishing with avoiding a life of compromise. And my title tonight is Spiritual Leakage spiritual leakage and i'm going to read and we, we, we're in the book of judges 
chapter 13. I'm going to kind of read the whole chapter when you get a chance, but I want um, to start the uh, book of Judges chapter 13. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5, then I'm going to jump to 13, then I'm going to jump to the end of the verses. And I'm reading from the New Living's Translation. And it goes, it says here, again, the Israelite did evil in the Lord's sight. And so the Lord handed them over to the Philistines who oppressed them for 40 years. In those days, the man named Manoah came, to the tribe, came from the tribe of Dan, lived in the town of Zorah. His wife was unable to become pregnant and they had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. Be careful. You must not drink wine or any alcoholic drink or eat any forbidden food. You will be become pregnant and give birth to a son and his hair must never be cut for he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth and he will begin to rescue Israel from Philistine. Okay, so we see here, this is a story about Samson. And so we see here, both you may hear some, so we see here that his mother was unable to be pregnant and God allowed him to become pregnant. Okay, so we're going to jump down to verse 13. And said, the angel Lord replied, be sure your wife, he's talking to Manoah, follow the instructions I have gave her. She must not eat grapes or raisins, drink wine or any other alcoholic drink or eat any forbidden fruit. Okay, so you notice God has given her requirements that she must follow. Even with her son, once he's born, we must follow. These are things that God has set that must be followed. Okay, so we're going to go all the way down. And so it says here, and last verse 24, and it says, and when her son was born, he, she named him Samson, and the Lord blessed him as he grew up. And so we see here, God gives them instructions on what they can and cannot do. Even with the mother when she was born, and even with Samson, Samson couldn't cut his hair, things of that nature, and he couldn't do those things. He was forbidden. In other words, we're talking about compromise. And so we're talking about spiritual leakage here. This is the message, spiritual leakage. So we said, so Samson was a man set apart from birth by God for unique service and deliverance of his of his people. He was given great strength and a keen intelligence. As a Nazarite, certain restrictions show he was set apart from God and he shouldn't eat of the fruit of the vine, cut his hair, or touch dead bodies. So these were the requirements of Samson. Remember the little way he was set apart. He was set apart. He was supposed to be different from anybody else. See, that's what that's what being saved means. When when God he saved, then he sanctified. Sanctification in by being set apart for a special use. God has set you apart for a special use for the kingdom work. He says, believe it, believers. Are supposed to be set apart. It's supposed to be we're supposed to be different from the world. So you've been set apart, okay? So we see here that Samson has you have the unique um 
restriction he had put on him. It says he was strong. Remember, Sandy was extremely strong. And one thing about, no, I noticed that sometimes we see these movies, uh, we see Samson that this big muscle guy and muscles. He has muscles bulging out of his body. But the truth is that Samson looked like Pee Wee Herman, those who know who Pee Wee Herman is, or those who don't know, he was very skinny. And so they didn't know where he got his strength from because it kind of wouldn't make sense to ask for the Philistines to ask, well, where did Samson get his strength from? And he had all these muscles, so it didn't make sense. So Samson was a very, looked like a normal guy, but he had amazing strength, which was given by God. But he had, he couldn't eat the fruit of the vine, cut his hair, or touch dead bodies. But Samson lived a life full of compromise. You read the story, we're going to get into some of the stories, some of the things that Samson did as we go with, through this series. But he lived a life full of compromise. Have you lived a life full of, he probably compromised himself in, in these areas, all the areas that he wasn't supposed to be. He compromised himself in all these areas. He became less sensitive to the spiritual realities they represented and also less resistance to matter of morality. Before long, he was falling asleep in the, light, the lap of Delilah. So he became, see, this is what compromise does. You become less sensitive to spiritual things. You become less sensitive to a life of morality. This is what compromise does. You become, not that you're not safe, but you become less sensitive to the things of God. And so this is what compromise does. And so before long, it says he was he was falling asleep in the life of Delilah. And that's what happens with us. We get lowered to sleep by a lot of compromise. Because we once we begin to compromise, we say, Well, ain't nothing happened. I did it, ain't nothing happened. I ain't see I didn't see any consequences come from it. So you know what? We begin to to further indulge in the things that we continue to live a life of compromising and we become less sensitive to the things of God. This is what compromise does. And so Samson, he was, he began to live a life of compromise. He become less sensitive. See, you don't ever want to lose your sensitivity to the things of God. Well, what, what am I talking about? You want to be able to hear God's voice. Okay. You want to be sensitive to the things of God and the world would call it um, you being acting like you're perfect um, when you choose not to do things their way. They will, you know, even accuse you of being where you make act like you holding thou or, you know, you think you're better. No, it's not that. It's that, that you have chosen to be obedient to the work. And so, therefore, there's nothing wrong with being obedient. Now, you people are going to call you certain things but you should love and want to be obedient to the word but see if you read when we get into the story of Sam, we're going to find that he ends up in the lap of delilah and he gives away his secret because he compromised things with god so compromise can be wise in situations like business negotiations or desires in marriage but when it comes to compromising values and principles, compromise can ruin you. It can ruin you. So let me say this, all compromise is not bad. 
all compromise is not bad, okay? And we give examples here. So business, if you're in business with somebody, you may have to compromise in order to get a deal, make sure things go in a marriage. I heard a, a therapist say long years ago, he says, in a marriage, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you negotiate. So in marriage, you have to maybe come make some compromises because you may not, two people may not always see eye to eye on different things. And so you have to come to some middle ground where you can say, okay, you know what? I give a little, you give a little. We'll meet in the middle to make things work. But it says when it comes to values and principles, compromise can ruin you. So if, if compromise is going to cause you to go against your values, your principle, or I use the word, your belief system. If it's going to cause you to go against your belief system, it's going to ruin you. Okay, so when it comes to values and principles, compromise is not a good thing. It's going to ruin you. And so we need to know what we can compromise on, what we what we will not to compromise on. And God gives us this, this word. We see here in this story about Samson and even his mother, his mother was given to God about certain things she could not do. Samson said she told him once he's born, there are certain things he could not do. In the word of God, God tells us there are certain things that we're not supposed to do. Okay. We're not supposed to do. Why? Because he understands it's going to ruin you. It's going to destroy you. Maybe not right away, but sometimes over a period of time, things can, can destroy you. Usually our beliefs influence our behavior. Okay, so your belief is going to influence your behavior. But if you are tempted to change your behavior... Um, you, we do things we once believed was wrong. So, 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 how do we deal with the tension between our values and our actions? What do we do? So, what happens? Because usually it says here, our beliefs influence our behavior. And so, when we attempt to change our behavior, um, we we do things. We seem to do something that we believe is wrong. Okay, when you're doing something you believe is wrong, how do you deal with that? Well, what, here's what happens. We change our beliefs. In order for you to feel comfortable about what something that you believe that was wrong before, you have to change your belief system. See, this is how important your belief system is. What do you believe? I really want to challenge you tonight. What do you believe? What do you believe? Do you really believe the word? Okay. Because when we talk about belief, now I know you, you said, well, okay, yeah, I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. Thank God for that. And you're saved. But do you believe the word of God when it comes to morality, when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to God says, don't do this and don't do that? Or do you compromise in order to fit in to the culture? Because this is the temptation that we are facing. Do I fit into the culture? Because, uh, you know, I, we all grew up with a culture. The culture is different now than what I grew up with young people now. But even though we are tempted to fit into the culture. 
does my does I line up with the culture, or does the word of God go against what my culture is saying? See, this is what happens. So, in order to to be comfortable with your actions, with something that you once believed was wrong, you have to change your belief system. And so, and this is what we call spiritual leakage, because just like I know. We're talking about spiritual league. I want to give you an example. You know, I don't know if, if you've ever experienced this, but well, have you ever had a tire go flat? But have you ever had a slow leak? Have you ever, you know, got out your car and your tire looked fine? And then you maybe you went home, you know, you, you got home, you parked the car, you went in-house, woke up the next day, and then you come out and your tire is flat. You're like, well, what happened to my tire? Because when I went yesterday, when I went in the house, it was fine. But now I come and guess what? My tire is completely flat. Well, that's what we call a slow leak. And so talking about spiritual leaks, sometimes, sometimes you may not notice that you're becoming um, less sensitive to the things of God because it's a slow thing. See, that's why the enemy works. The enemy is not don't always do a quick thing. He he he's very subtle in the things that he does. And before you know it, you're wondering, well, how do I get to this place? Because when we read about the likes of Samson, we want Samson. He was compromising everything that God told him not to. Before you know it, as he said, he was in the lap of of Delilah getting his hair cut. And so my point is, have you compromised the things of God and, and you're slowly getting away from the things of God? You know, it's not like, well, you know what? You know, I only go to church. You know, you may go to church every month. Then it's twice a month. Then it's once a month. Then it's uh, every three months. Or you stop reading your word or you, your prayer life has dwindled down because it's no longer important to you. It's very subtle. And so... We're talking about spiritually. Are you leaking spiritually to the point where, hey, because you're leaking spiritually because you are now compromising the things of God that you once believed was wrong. And now you like say it's OK. Because my friends, everybody, my friends and you know what everybody else thinks, OK, and the TVs say it's OK. And I see celebrities. Um who I'm very familiar with says they don't mind, they're doing it and they claim to be Christians. So I want, but I want to give you an example. Let's, let's look at a, a pastor who commits adultery, okay? Um, his his compromised behavior can be costly, but what does it cost him? Let's, let's look at this. It's the, first of all, his, his, he has a fractured family now. Once now his family was together and strong, now he's put a strain on his marriage. And then you have kids, the strain relationship with the kids. Also, another thing is it costs him a, a congregation is destroyed. The people who once trusted and believed in him and had confidence in him. Now the congregation has been destroyed and they and they no longer have confidence in the man or the woman of God who once was leading them. 
So this is what it costs. When you compromise, it costs you something eventually. Another thing is the relationships are ruined. The relationship you have with people, friends and families and things of that nature, they're ruined. So this, so this is the legacy of loose living when it comes to adultery. This is the legacy you're going to leave. And then my question to you, do you want to leave a legacy where the family is fractured and it has cost your relationship and you have destroyed your financially, you've been compromised because of your lifestyle and the things you choose to believe. Your, your reputation as a Christian has been compromised because that should be important to you. How you represent God, how you look to the world should be important to you. Okay. And so we see here. So, so nothing good results from a compromising God's standard. I want to say it. Nothing good come from compromising God's standard. Now, I know somebody's saying, well, you know what? I ain't committing adultery. Maybe you're married. Maybe you church. But still, have you? There are a lot of believers in our talking have left the local church. Still compromised because the Bible says we forget not to assemble yourself. You compromise yourself financially where you no longer support the house of God with your finances. You know, when you compromise in the things as well, in other words, the world say this is okay to do. The world say it's okay to live together. The world say that this lifestyle is acceptable now. Okay. You can do this and then be accepted. And you're more concerned about being accepted by your peers and the culture versus how did God see it? And we should be more concerned about how God sees things versus how other people see it. Now, understand that when you choose to dedicate your life to God and do it, you're not going to be popular to the world. Jesus said this, that he said, the world hated me, so they're going to hate you also. Okay, you're not trying to, nobody wants to be hated. We're not trying to be hated, and you shouldn't be neither. Nobody likes to be disliked and talked about and said bad things about. Nobody wants that. But understand when you choose to dedicate your life to God, those there's a possibility on those things are going to happen. Jesus told us that. So we see here nothing good results from compromising God's standard. Compromise is a corruption of the Christian soul. Now, what does the soul consist of? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. So, so compromise corrupts your thinking. And if your thinking is corrupt, then it's going to affect your decisions. That's your will. And if your will, your decisions are messed up, then guess what? It's going to affect your behavior, your actions. Your emotions are going to be messed up. We see a lot of people who need mental counseling now because why? They chose to compromise the things of God. And now, or they chose to compromise the things they knew were right. And now they find themselves really need, you know, um, mental counseling and a lot. So we see a lot of mental health is very big in our side. Why? Because maybe you are living a life of compromise. You've compromised the things of God. 
And so, but it compromised. So compromise is a corruption of the Christian soul. It affects you emotionally. It's going to affect you, um, your decisions. It's going to affect your way of thinking. You, you've been corrupt what, by the enemy because he has changed the way you think. This is why it's important. Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. After you get saved, it's important to allow God to renew your mind well with the word of God. Also, it says compromise also a, a collapse in the inner life. It's a collapse. You no longer um, believe and have that standard It's in your inner life. What you believe on the inside is a collapse. And it's also a cancer in the body of Christ. See, if you, if one person compromises the thing of God, then once everybody sees it, then everybody can be doing the same thing. And maybe you that person, maybe you saw somebody else doing it. Maybe somebody else said, well, this is okay to do this. And you pattern your life after them. Maybe it was somebody that you uh, admired and they was mentoring you and maybe... And they begin to do the same thing. Well, let me say this. And you know, it's nothing wrong with having mentors. We need mentors in the body of Christ. But if what they're doing is going against the word of God, you have to find another mentor. You just can't always, you can't go. Well, you have to be strong enough to know, okay, well, you know what? And you have to know the word enough to know what? This is wrong. I can't go with you on that. And if you know somebody that's living like a man, I think we as a body of Christ, we have to hold each other accountable and says, you know what? That's wrong. And so therefore, but it is the cancer in the body of Christ. You know how cancer, it can start off, but it can spread. It can spread. And so therefore, what? It's important to catch it early. That's why they said early detection is good for cancer because you catch it early, you can treat it. And so the same thing, I want to talk to you. If you catch it early, if you... I'm speaking to you right now. If you're doing something that goes against the word of God, if you think God can change it and you won't have the consequences that you will have if you don't do something right now about it. Yeah, you, you need to do something right now before it ruins your life completely. Now, you may be thinking things may be going well. OK, right now. But if you know that you're doing something wrong, that the word of God contradicts that then it's important that you stop it right now and begin, as they say, make a U-turn and begin to go the other way. So spiritual leakage leads to spiritual wreckage. I remember a song somebody had, and one of the lyrics was, check yourself before you wreck yourself. And that was, a, it was a lyric in the song. Okay, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself because, hey, spiritual leakage leads to spiritual wreckage. You are about to wreck your life. You are about to destroy your life. And I challenge you tonight, I'm, I'm, as Paul said, I'm, I beseech you, brethren. I'm admonishing you now. I'm warning you that, hey, what, you, what, what are you, the thing that you're doing now is going to cause your life to be ruined. If you don't do something now. Or maybe you, I want to talk to the person you said, well, you know what? I hear you, but my life is already messed up. I made some bad decisions. 
you know, and my life is in a mess now because I compromised the thing of God. I know what I did was wrong. And you know what? Now I'm in a situation Well, you know what? There's grace for that. Okay, you're forgiven for that. God has given us a grace, even when we mess up, that we can start over again. Okay, you're forgiven. You can start over again and begin to um, take steps back toward rather wrecking your life and being where you used to be. He's God's forgiving you. You can turn this around. It's not too late. It's not too late, but you have to change the way you think and begin to say, you know what, Lord, I'm sorry I messed this up, but you know what? I know you've given me a grace. I know you can get me back where I used to be. And so I turn my life over to you now. I make a decision today to live the way you told me to live. And God, I know you're going to turn this around for me because I trust you. And I, you, and you said, I made a decision to do it your way. Make a decision today to do it God's way. Okay, so our personal compromise may be different according to the false gods we choose to follow. So this is what happens with compromise. This is what happened in Samson. They chose to follow false gods. That's what happened. Whatever your fault, what is your false god? And so, so, and we all have false gods, or maybe you've had them, and just give you a list of false gods. Your false god can be lust. It can be pleasure. It can be materialism. You just want things. It could be fame. Maybe you want to be famous and uh, success. There's nothing wrong with it. God is not against these things, but how do you define success versus how God or how success defined is defined differently in our culture versus how God defined? Success means, you know, in our modern day where you got a big car, big house, a lot of money, maybe you're on TV, let's say we fame and fortune. And that's how society defines. The word of God doesn't define success. All, all those things define. But that's not how the word of God defines success. What is it? Your, your, your um, false God can be overindulgence. We see people overindulging with um, substance abuse and things, overindulging and finding things addicted to certain things. Um, power may be your false god. What did you want? Because see, false gods cause us to compromise the things of the true and living God. Position, you know, being promoted on your job and things. And so and a lot of times, we do think we want people promoted because we want more money. We want more prestige. We want more power. And then we don't realize what we're getting ourselves into. And God never ordained that for you. So these are just some of the God. But what is the false God you have chosen over the true and living God? What are the things you have chosen? So we, we need to realize that a false God is nothing more than a deception from the devil. That's what it is. All these things I named, materialism and fame and success and overindulgence, all these things are just nothing but deception from the enemy. He wants to deceive you. He wants to get you off the track. He don't want you to finish well. As it tells us in Hebrews, 
It says we, we have a race to run, but it, it says cast aside every weight and the sin that so easily beset us. That's what, that's what Hebrews, I mean, chapter 12 says. Lay aside every weight. The thing that's going to hold you back, the thing that he's, he wants, but the enemy wants to deceive us. So he want to give you a false God. He give you a false narrative to say, you know what, if you do this, you're going to be successful. And people are going to like you and people are going to embrace you. And they may embrace you for a moment. For we see, remember the, um, the parable about the prodigal son. When he left his father's house. Yeah, and when he had all the money, he, he had fortune, he had fame, everybody liked it. But once he lost everything, nobody was there to help him. And so this is a deception of the enemy. So to worship a false god is an act of compromise and betrayal. And you maybe see it's most time when we think of false god, we think of statues and, um, you know, different things that people erect. And false god, you may be saying, well, I'm not doing those things, but we just named has materialism become a false. It can be from a false god. Are you worshiping your stuff? Are you worshiping your fame, your fortune? Are you worshiping your education? Okay, your position at work. You know, are you worshiping your your looks? Because you know what you you know people seem to like the way you look. You know, a lot of women are attracted to, a lot of men are attracted to you, and so you says, hey, you know what? I can give her what I want, what I want, when I want. Are you worshiping those things? But that's that's it. That's the when you worship those things, it is it's an act of compromise. And betrayal. And so the end result is always disaster. I want to say that to you. The end result, when you compromise the thing to God, the end result is always disaster. And we, we, we're going to see that in Samson's life. He ended up with disaster. Okay. When he gave Delilah the secret to his strength. The enemy was able to take hold of him. He no longer had that strength. And this is what compromise will do to you. It will slowly, as we're talking about here, spiritual leakage, drain you of your strength. Slowly drain you of your strength. And before you know it, you no longer is stronger than you want to. And now your life is ruined. Now your life has become, the end result is a disaster. I'm going to read this scripture. I only have like really two scriptures tonight. And Psalms 135 and 18 says this, those who make them will be like them. It's talking about false gods. It says those who make them will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. So when you make, when you begin to work, it's called idol worship. When you make a false god, you become like the God that you worship. You become like the God you worship. And so when you're not worshiping a true living God, you have a false God and you become like the God that you serve. Now, if you worship the true and living God, you become more like him. But when you worship a false God, it says here, those who make them will become like them. And so will all who trust in them. So when you erect these gods in your thinking, you become like them. And all who put their trust, you become like them.
says our character will become like what we worship. Your character is important. Your character will become like what you were, whether the holy God or the opposite. So your character is going to become like what you worship. So whether you worship in the true living God or another God, you're, you're going to have the character of the God that you serve. Man, that's powerful. You're going to become like the God. So ask yourself the question that, who are you serving? What God are you serving? And then maybe you say, well, yeah, God loves me and I'm not perfect. Yeah, he loves you. But are you compromising the things of God? We're not talking about perfection. I always tell you, we're not talking about perfection. Perfection. We're talking about being consistent. And somebody says, when you know better, do better. So when you know what's right, are you... Are you willing to do what's right or have you ignored those things and said because you're not experiencing consequences right now that you know we said well everything's going to be okay well it says hey it's going to always end disaster you may not be experiencing the consequences now but if you continue to do that there's going to be con you're not going to finish well you're not going to finish well the last scripture one tonight it was a very familiar scripture uh, we want to go to Mark chapter 4. This is the parable of the sower. And the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us, I want to read this from the New Living Translation, but he says, this is, I'm starting with chapter Mark chapter 4, verse 13. And it says here, Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand other parables? So Jesus makes it very clear that if you don't understand this parable, this parable is so important to understand that Jesus put him, he says that if you don't get this one, you're not going to get anything other parable. So this parable is paramount. This parable is extremely important that you understand this so that you can understand the other parables he given the Bible. So it goes on to say that the farmer planted, the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. So this is the parable about the seed, the soil sowing the seed. And we know that the seed represents the word of God and the soil represents your heart. It says that the farmer planted seed by taking God's words to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who are hearing the message who heard the message, who heard the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. So this is what Satan, we're talking about compromise. So Satan, what we're talking about, he don't want you to get the word. So what does he do? Once you hear the word, he comes and takes it away. Why? Because he don't want you to understand it. He wants you to continue down a life of compromise and live the wrong way so that you would not finish well your walk with God. Okay. And so that's the, that's the first one. That's the first one, the, the soil that fell on the footpath. And said so those who hear the message only have Satan taken. Here's the second one. These are two one I really want to focus on because this really 
brings home the message we're trying to bring tonight about the compromise. It says the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's words. Here's what we're talking about compromise. So you hear the word and you love what you hear. Maybe you you heard the word, you love what you heard. You receive it with joy. You were excited about the things of God. But but you know what? You didn't get deep root. In other words, you you didn't, as I talked about, you didn't continue with that prayer life and continue to study the word and continue in that prayer group and continue with your, you know, your church attendance and things that ain't get you didn't, you know, you didn't, it didn't last long. This is what happens with people. You can't you came to Christ, but hey. Didn't last long. Why didn't last long? Because you start having problems, and you people start talking to you about, hey, you just Christian, or you know what, you know, or you act like you're different now, and so what? And so this is what the enemy would do. He will cause you to come out with that because you're being criticized, you're being persecuted for being a believer, and problems, and because we have this perception that once you become saved. That we no longer have no problem, and that's the trigger of the enemy. Also, he wants you to think, well, you know, once you get saved, then everything is gonna go well. No, matter of fact, it's a possibility that things may get worse. Why? Because the enemy is coming after you, his demons are coming after you, and he don't like the fact that you got saved. So, therefore, what he's gonna kind of convince you that is that life with Jesus is not worth it. He's coming after you. And so what you do, you compromise because of the problems and the persecution. You compromise because maybe you you compromise the thing of God because problems came in your life and persecution for being a believer. Jesus said they were persecuted for believing God's word. See, people are gonna come out to you when you stand, see, when you come against the culture. You're going to be persecuted. He tells you, lets you know here. But I challenge you tonight, don't compromise the things of God. And the last seed here, what I was going to talk about with this, this third one, it says the seed that fell among the thorns represent others who heard God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by what? The worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and desire for other things so no fruit is produced. Now look at the three things that cause this cause believers to compromise. It says the worries of life I compromise because hey things start happening and I got worried. Or what if we you know I don't have enough money? Or what if I don't make it? We know we live in this pandemic or what if you know what I get sick? What if I get this disease, or what if you know I lost my job? What if I don't get another job? What if I, you know, just this, this what if message? You begin to get wary, and society says, you know what, this is the better way. Don't do it God's way. Do it this way, and you see everybody going that way. 
and you see everybody being successful going that way. But you become worried. A crowd, it says a crowd, the word of God is crowded out by the worries. That's number one. Number two, it says the law of wealth. Everybody needs money. I know you need money. Maybe you, you're unemployed right now. You need money. You know what? Hey, things are tight. And that could put a strain on the marriage because things are tight. And things, you know, are getting tight and, you know, you know, lost your job or you had to take a lower paying job. You don't make as money and things get tight. And guess what? You begin to compromise the things of God because why? You, the law of wealth, you know what? You can be successful if you do this. Maybe on your job, they, they're asking you to do something that can cause you to have bad character. It goes against what you believe. Asking you to take shortcuts, you know, on your on the tax return and things of that nature, or things you know are illegal. So that's number two. And then it says, and as I for other things, so other things could be any other thing, as we talk about, hey. So no fruit is produced. Why? Now you're not producing the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long serving, patience, um, gentleness, goodness, self-control. All those things go out the window. Because what? You chose a life of compromise. Now you begin to compromise the things of God. But the last, it says, but the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. So what's so good about this ground? It's not that it had more. Let me say this. Not that it had more, it had less. What do you think about what I'm saying? And not that it had more, it didn't have more, uh, didn't have more, you know, as far as good things, more friends and more material things. Why did this ground floor, it had less, it had what, what did it have? It had less compromise. It had the ground that flourished, it had less weeds in it, had less rocks and soil and stuff in it, um, thorns and stuff. It had less. It didn't have more. So it had less. So the seeds were able to grow up. So the less compromise, I'm saying to you, the less compromise you have, the more you're going to flourish in the things of God. You will be successful. God promised that he's going, you're going to flourish. But in order for the word of God to grow in you, you got to have less compromise. I, I challenge you tonight to have less compromise. Less compromise. Avoid this life of compromise. I want, we, God wants us to finish well. He wants us to finish well. But that means, hey, you cannot be like Samson who lived the life of compromise. He became less sensitive to the things of God because he made decisions to go against the thing that God told him not to do. 
And maybe you are that person who said, you know what? I haven't did what God told me to do. I haven't did the thing that I know I'm supposed to be doing. But you know what? I'm challenging you tonight to begin to live a life submissive to the things of God. Be able to, I want you to be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you and says, hey, I don't want you to do this. I want you to do that. I don't want you to go this way. I want you to go that way. A life that avoids the pressure of being influenced by a culture that goes against the things of God. And so make that decision tonight to say, you know what? I choose Jesus and I'm, I'm avoiding. I know it may not be the most popular way. I may not be the quickest way, but you know what? It is God's way and choose to love him enough to do it his way. Let me pray for you, Father God, in the name of you. I pray for that person who is listening right now. And I pray, God, that you will allow them, their mind to be transformed by your word, that they would avoid a life of compromise to say, you know what? I choose to do it God's way. No matter what comes my way, no matter how hard things get, God, I'm going to choose your way. I pray for that person who's struggling financially, who's tempted to do things opposite of what you're telling them to do. We take authority over that. We come against enemy. To say that we bind you right now, we come against that way of thinking. And I pray that they will be submissive to your deleting of the Holy Spirit to allow them to be successful. I pray for that person who is living the life of compromise. But I, God, thank you for changing their mind right now. And I thank you for them making a U-turn, beginning to go the way that you told them to go. They're no longer being pulled the wrong way by materialism and fame and, and prestige and power and materialism. Things that are pulling them away and allow them to become less sensitive to what your word says. But we break the hold of the enemy on their life right now. In the name of Jesus, we take authority over that. That their lives may be submitted unto you and we glorify your name, God. We thank you for them living a life of success, that you may get the glory. And we bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We're going to come back next. We're going to continue on this. I'll finish it well. We want you to finish. We want you. We want to teach you about how to avoid this life, a life of compromise and being submissive to the things of God. But once again, we thank you for listening. We'll be back with you next again next week. Thank you once again and bye-bye.